Welcome to another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Keith Fleming. Normally, at least lately, we've had the angel voice of Ron L. Tinsley uh, being the host of this podcast. He is missing tonight because he's got a hot Valentine's Day, I believe is the uh, word on the street, right, Sam? Uh, it sounds like it. So, Happy from a man. I got uh, Sam the Shooter Howell with me. It's just me and Sam tonight. And uh, without Ron L., we normally do the superlatives of the week of wrestling off the top. We're just going to change the format up a little bit. We've got a pay-per-view this weekend, NXT TakeOver, Vengeance Day. We're going to talk about that. Uh, there was a few things on AEW I just wanted to bring up. And then, uh, honestly, just for shits and giggles, we don't know what's I mean, one of, I said this, I think last week, one of the benefits of what's been going on lately is this is the first WrestleMania I can remember in forever where matches are not etched in stone going into it. So I figured we'd have some fun and both just kind of give a WrestleMania card. The, well, when we jump into that, I will bring up a question that I've heard. Um, The, uh, the it's i think it, i didn't think it was a huge great week for wrestling honestly i'm glad that we're not doing the superlatives i thought there was nothing that you know there was some storyline stuff but there's nothing that said out to me i was like man i can't wait to talk about that yeah it for a lot going on let's put it that way it was not the best week for wrestling but uh i'm excited about takeover so let's get into that Vengeance Day, we got a five-match card, something NXT has always been great about. They don't have too many matches. I feel like they always have just the right amount. They all kind of seem uh, big. Uh, they're all either a title match or you're going to get a title match out of it. Let's start with the Dusty Rhodes tournament. On the women's side, uh, which, by the way, this is something WWE should be copying. Like, they should be doing some kind of tournament like this. It should be one of their pay-per-views where, you know, you have both of them, whether it be tag team, IC, whatever. Uh, it's just a, a good format. I really enjoy it. We got Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Again, this is the final of the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. The winner gets a future shot at the women's title. Remember, that's not just the NXT because the women's titles are across all three brands. Uh who you got in this match and are you excited for it? Uh, I am. Uh, I'm, I think it's going to be a banger and I think at low key, pardon the pun, could be the <laughs> best match of the night though. I mean, I'm, I honestly could say that about pretty much any match on the card. Uh, the, but I, I'm going with Dakota and Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, I expect like, I, I've, I think I've talked about this, but I really love Ember Moon. Um, but I, I think that they seem to be going more for Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And if you want to get them over, I think that having them get a clean win over Ember and Shotzi is a great way to do it. Yeah. There hasn't been an NXT women's tag championship, right? They've all been either on raw or SmackDown. I believe that's right. Yes. That sounds right. I could see Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez being the first NXT women to do that. They seem like more of a team, and that's not a shot at Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, but I think there's bigger things ahead for both of them in the you know singles division. Uh, and I just really like what Dakota and Raquel's doing. I mean, you can even sort of call it maybe an HBK Diesel-type pairing where 
you know, you got the young athletic, talented uh, wrestler in Dakota, and then just Raquel is a beast. I mean, she really is. Um, on the men's side, we've mm -hmm. got MSK, Nash Carter, and Wesley versus the grizzly or grizzled young veterans, James Drake, Zach Gibson, exact same thing. This is the final on the men's side of the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Classic. And again, the winner gets a shot. This is at the NXT tag titles i've really enjoyed the men's side I, I you know both of these teams i didn't know much about uh you know before this tournament got rolling they both can really go in the ring and is it bad to say i don't care which team wins I, i'd be excited either way i i would say that you would be i, I it's not i think not excited i think that you would be or not you don't care i think that you would be thrilled with either team exactly the there you go yeah That's uh the editor <laughs> I'm I've always been very good at that. Um, in terms of who I think is going to win, uh, I'm going to go with the Grizzled Young Veterans. I if I had to pick a, a match the week gun to my head, it probably would have been the Grizzled Young Veterans Thatcher. Um, uh, what's his name? Chompa. Yeah. Um, I think that NXT has for a long time, and I don't really know why WWE main roster has done this which is that they've made tag team wrestling a priority for a long time and not so much lately, but I've been very pleased with it. And I'm glad to see, I think the grizzled young veterans will get a win. So the three single, or excuse me, well, I guess technically they're singles matches. I know one of them is a triple threat. I, I'm really excited for all these. Let's, let's go with Johnny Gargano, the North American champion versus Kushida. Uh, I want Gargano to win. I, I really enjoy this version of him. Uh, I still think they've kind of missed the boat on not making his wife champion as well and letting them be, you know, the Triple H, Stephanie. They, they could figure out a way to do it. I understand with EO's run, it would be difficult, and I don't want to take away from EO, but I still have a feeling he's going to lose the title here. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I sort of feel the same way, but I, it's at the same time, it's one of the problems to the WWE not having a light, you know, sort of the, well, more that with the change in size of wrestlers, Kushida is a guy who came over from new Japan and who I really liked in new Japan, but had not felt like he'd been sort of able to work to his full potential. Uh, until recently, I think he's done great. You know, he had that actually surprisingly, like, I'm, I know I shouldn't say nice things about the Velveteen Dream, but I thought that he had a really, like, that was a really strong feud for Kushida. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that winning the title for Kushida would be really good. I also wouldn't hate it if Gargano won, but I'm with you. I think that it's more likely, you know, Kushida needs the win to me more than the loss hurts Gargano. They've been building this up with him since his match with Velveteen Dream, which I believe was two takeovers ago. He's looked great in practically every match since. And how old is he? Yeah, I'm, so I have a hard time with European and Japanese wrestlers' ages because they start so young. So you have like like Paige, because she, she's 37. But – I, I would have guessed, like, I always go young because, like, Paige, like, they started at, like, 17. Mm -hmm. like, Becky's been wrestling for, like, 18 years, Finn for, like, 20. It's just insane. He just, to me, seems Taylor. I mean, it's ironic because Johnny Gargano is probably Mr. NXT, but I think Kushida is also another person that is kind of perfect 
for NXT and he would be a great North American champion. But I really am like with this card that I think you're going to get five great matches. That one, I think could end up being the match of the night. Uh, if you like put my gun, a gun to my head and said, okay, which match do you think is going to be the best? I actually think it's going to be that one partly because it's a triple threat match. I was really hoping we were going to get uh, EO versus Tony straight up. I, I think that, I mean, I understand why they went the direction that they did. Uh, but it just, to me, I've been looking forward to this match. I think what they're doing here is EO is going to finally lose the title and they want her not taking the pin. And I think that's why Mercedes is involved. I'm going to go similar direction uh, and in part because of how I'm booking WrestleMania. That's foreshadowing <laughs> kids. Uh, but my, I, I think that they put it in so that we would think that uh, NXT is really good about subverting expectations and I could see, like, I, that's sort of the thought that I, I think the natural thought is. But it makes it hard for EO to then go to the main roster if, you, you know, you would hope that she would get one more uh, shot if she doesn't lose the title. Uh, that is always the great, you know, I, I think that having a three-way match, the really, like, it lends itself to the booking of having the champion not lose the title and then helping to, you know, then the next month have the new champion wrestle the old champion. Is she uh, close to breaking Asuka's record for longest women's champ? It's got to be close. She's been over a year, right? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, it, time has lost all meaning. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I feel bad for saying that. I feel like Asuka... Uh, Hold on. I mean, I'm checking, but okay. the Asuka held the title for 510 days. Okay, so no, she's not close to that. No, she's 252. Yeah. Uh, like, Asuka held the title for a long time, and that that is one reason why people like Ronell and I, who, like, like, she held it, she won it the weekend of the WrestleMania in 2016 and gave it up in August of... Uh, 27 well september when it aired but i still think that was you know just a mistake you look at what goldberg did and i think they really could have had something with oscar you know with her streak um and you know she won the rumble and it just you know it is what it is uh i understand charlotte flair winning on wrestlemania i don't mean it that way but it just it's not often that you can have somebody go that long without losing uh, come up and there's just a you know ready-made story I mean you could have really put somebody over by just having Oscar win for you know a year or a year and a half on the main roster and then whoever finally beat her I mean it's a huge win uh, the men's title match I'm so excited for this Finn Balor versus Pete Dunn. I don't know uh, I think so much of this match depends on is Finn Balor going to be on the Mania, or excuse me, I should say, is the NXT title going to be on the Mania card? I think if so, Finn Balor retains. If not, it feels like a good time to give Pete Dunne the title. Uh, and I've just loved the build up to this. I love that Pete Dunne saying that him and Balor are, are similar in many ways. And I actually think you can see some of the similarities between those two guys. Uh, I think that the this should be uh, – Actually, Finn has done a really good job of having these very 
high in, like uh, viscerally impactful matches with people. Uh, I think that this should be a banger. You know, all of these that that I, I honestly the, this is the most stacked NXT card that I can think of in a long time. It's a shame there's not a live crowd because this would be one of those that for an NXT pay per view. You know, I think in some ways because they're smaller, the crowds are better. They're just more. You know, what would you say? They're in on the show, you know what I mean? And they would have a blast at this pay-per-view. The, you know, that's the, yeah, I feel like NXT, like I know RC loves to get on us about who the fans are, but like NXT can sell out. Like NXT sold out the Barclays Center. Um, I think that there's a very passionate audience for NXT. And yeah, I would love a live audience for this. I feel like the, they do a really good job of upping their game for these shows uh i actually don't mind to make a sports comparison you that there are guys like you know kevin garnett who never took a game off like he was always at nba finals level every game but when you do that like it it sort of loses a bit of the magic especially in wrestling it does right and so i really appreciate where you have these shows where it's like it's a little special like you do do a little bit more yep at the takeovers so who do you have winning? I'm going to go with Balor. Uh, I, I just, there's not enough storyline here. And I think that they're going to do Karrion Cross winning the title. I actually wouldn't be shocked if that's the Mania match. Uh, It'd be a great one. No. Uh, and, and they've done a good job because with Cross coming back, I thought that would be immediate. I thought Finn was given the title to basically just hold it. Until Cross got back, and I kind of like that they're keeping him away from it for a while, where they're building him back up. And then, I mean, I think I do think eventually he's going to win it again, but uh, I think they've done well. I think that the practical reason of that, just as an aside, is we've seen it before. We saw it with Daniel Bryan, where Daniel Bryan's healthy. Yeah, where they want to make sure that you're not in a situation where he gets hurt. I also have not been overly impressed by Karrion Cross in the ring and i think he's a main roster guy because of his size and moveset I, I really do the and and this is not to name drop rc again but i think <laughs> that this is one thing that he and i will agree on is if you that however how it depends on how you want to define nxt if you look at it as a developmental territory i think it's hit and miss i think if you want to look at it as a, its own self-contained universe and like a brand this kind of thing is much better because a guy like Karrion Cross, for example, Elias, I've talked about this before, where the guys who've gotten most over on the main roster or had the most success are the guys who sort of were not necessarily huge deals in NXT or guys who seem to have a really thin gimmick, but it's harder to screw that up on the main roster. I agree. So AEW this week, uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing in the sense that they had this big time main event, obviously that we're very excited for a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, Darby Allen finally defended the belt on, you know, television, which I think mm -hmm. this is the third or fourth time. So I'm glad to see that starting to happen more frequently, but I want to start with Sammy and the inner circle. Like to me, that's the most interesting storyline uh, in AEW right now, at least for me. Um, the, you know, the backstage segment that Sammy and MJF got into it with was great. You know, it, it ended up with Sammy punching 
MJF in the ribs. Of course, MJF tells Jericho he comes to the ring for their tag match and, you know, bandaged up ribs, which is just, he's such a great deal. He's special. Yes. I mean, it was wonderful. Like, it's just great. Uh, of course, he, you know, Jericho and uh, MJF win their match cheating. I mean, it was a very heel tag team match by them. Uh, and I'm so looking forward to them versus the Young Bucks. I'm interested to see if they're going to give them the titles and then let them implode or if it's this is going to lead to them imploding. But good for Sammy and storytelling and everything else that after the match, you know, he even gave the date that he said it. You know, there was that moment in the ring when they had the will the inner circle break up or stay together. And he said one more thing with this guy and I'm done. And if I remember correctly, he said, I'm serious. Like he looked Jericho in the, you know, the eyes and said, I'm serious. And he just came out there said, I'm done. Uh, and it was just great to see MJF's reaction to it. You could tell how happy he was, uh, which is, you know, obviously getting what he wants. Jericho did look conflicted. And I'm so excited to see a Sammy Guerva, you know, face turn, especially in this manner where he's going to go against the inner circle. It's a real underdog story, which he should excel at. And I think Sammy's moveset, much like Seth Rollins, uh, Daniel Bryan, other guys, when he's a face, it's so much more entertaining than a heel. I think that there is, yes, I think that Sammy and Sammy sort of for his size, that's, you know, not a knock on the guy. I think that he generally, you know, will benefit from being the face where he's sort of, you know, fighting from underneath. Yep. I, I do. I agree with you. I think yeah, I didn't the, mean it's like an insult. I just mean some guys just because their size and package and everything, it's just more fun to root for when they're a face. They can also just go full speed in the ring. Whereas the heel, you have to work a little bit slower and, you know, kind of control the match. I think it's actually harder to be a face than it is to be a heel because you have to, first of all, you have to get people to like you. It's mm -hmm. a lot easier to, you know, antagonize people than to get them behind you. I think that you are not in control of the match as the face. And so much of it is how you have to react. Right. Uh, I think that, but yes, I think that Sammy, I, I would say that the, the biggest compliment that I can give AEW and the thing that I really enjoy about it the most is that everyone has story and purpose. Uh, the, the, and so this inner circle thing, like you said, it's not the main event, but you're right. It is the most compelling part of the show. That's not, you know, the, the, that's not to say that the main event isn't compelling. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they're doing a great job with it. Right, from week yeah. to week, you need, I, I always go back to Mick Foley used the analogy that wrestling should be a circus. Mm -hmm. And if you're not there for the uh, clown, you're there for the guy, the trapeze artist. And you can, you know, different weeks, the thing that should be main eventing is different things. So if you go to Comic-Con, it doesn't all have to be about the biggest panels, right? There, there's something there that a lot of people are going to be very excited to see that in some ways, because it's niche or, you know, whatever, people are almost more excited for just that. You know, the people that are excited about it are very excited. And I just, uh, you know, we've talked about this many times, but Jericho's value I mean, I don't know what they're paying him. He's been worth every penny. Yeah, I it, it is. Jericho is a guy who I, uh, I mean, I know I'm the first person to ever say this. Uh, I think <laughs> Jericho will have a long career beyond active wrestling because he is so good at, at the, the, you know, I always talk about the little things and he's so, and so is MJF, but I think that Jericho will have a, if he wants it, 
will have a very long career as a manager just because he's so good at getting people over. And he, as a heel, is also very masterful of subtly complimenting people. Mm-hmm. And I, I especially I, on commentary, it's amazing to watch. Yeah, and, and as somebody, to. you know, he is a guy who I think is severely, ultimately underrated for his career, which seems crazy, but he's the the guys that he came up with. <laughs> you know, the, how many guys from the attitude era and, and I don't, you know, I, I don't find him as enjoyable in the ring. I'm, you know, but, excuse me, but he's 50 years old, <laughs> you know, the, the, and, and, and his ring people, psychology far outweighs, you know, the, the step he's lost actually in ring ability. And yeah, I mean, and, and for me, it is less, that's less of a knock on Jericho as a performer and more of a commentary on where he once was as a father as time, would, you know yeah. undefeated mm-hmm. now uh, this is what's interesting is that i'm i'm old enough to remember when terry funk was wrestling and i think that he's head and shoulders above you know yeah. not again not to knock terry funk but 1997 being 50 something years old is very different than 2021 yep. I, I completely agree the darby allen versus joey janela tnt title match i just wanted to highlight it because I've been kind of hard on Darby, uh, you know, talked about how I'm disappointed in the direction they've gone with him, even with the Sting stuff, even some of his matches. I thought this was a very good match, and I thought it was the best I'd seen Joey Janela look maybe in AEW. I, I agree, and I had two sort of two thoughts about this. One is, is that, like, do you think they're overdoing it with Sting? Yes. I, I think that he does not need to be there every week. I don't think the payoff's going to be worth what they're doing. We're yeah, so I, intertwined with it. And I, I am, this is not, you know, it, it's not a knock on sting. It is much more of a commentary on the fact that I think that with a lot of people, you know, with these legends, less is more. Uh, they're using but, it so much. It needs to almost feel like it needs to lead to a match or it'd be a disappointment. Right. Yeah. At, but I will say, I thought that this is, you know, the, the kind of thing that I recommend all the time is that they've done a really good job of establishing Darby's character. We know who he is. Mm-hmm. I think that now having these kinds of like really good, solid matches where he can, you know, gain wins also helps to get his opponent over. Like you said, I thought Joey Janela looked great. And I, that's, that's what the TNT title should do. And if you yep. really want to build Darby up, like, let him keep getting wins, man. That that's such a great point. That is what secondary titles are for. I mean, it really is, is to just, you know, make a lot of people that are not in the main event look good. And, you know, that was a prime example. The other thing, obviously, I want to talk about Omega and Kenta versus Moxley and Archer. Uh, Falls count anywhere. It's probably going to be a little bit of a hot take, but I, I was pretty disappointed in this match. And just want to start off. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not in any way saying the match was bad or I'm not still interested in moving forward, but I think you could make a a fair argument that this match would have been better served. as just a regular wrestling match with the guys uh, involved and how well that they can work in the ring, especially I think Omega and Kenta against two more physical guys uh, and Archer and Moxley could have been great. Uh, especially with them, you know, healing it up. So I don't know if they needed that false count everywhere situation. 
I think it was overbooked for sure with all the run-ins, distractions, uh, kind of felt like WCW at a time. And then the weirdest thing, which I think really hurt the match the most, and I, I don't remember them ever doing this, was they did that weird recap deal right yeah. before the final, uh, you know, like basically the final live wrestling because they came out of the last commercial and then they recapped the first half of the match. And to me, it totally killed the momentum of the match. Killed it the struggled pacing. to get going again. And it just, I, I really think it hurt the pace of the match and the finish and everything. And again, I am very excited still for, you know, Kenta versus Moxley. I'm obviously excited about, you know, if it ends up with Omega versus Archer or Omega versus Moxley. I'm excited about the Good Brothers being involved and the Young Bucks and where this is going because it's still a very exciting storyline. But it, this was kind of a miss when you had one of their bigger main events that they've had on the program uh, since the show started. I thought that the match would have benefited from being five to 10 minutes shorter, uh, which is not well, something. I could have cut two to. minutes by not doing the read. <laughs> no. The, I mean, the other thing, and I'm going to take your hot take and raise it, which is that I like John Moxley. I liked him a lot. I thought that, but I think that he is somebody who has largely been kind of a disappointment. I think that, so much i've not been overly impressed with this character work i mean he's had some good promos but nothing that i've you know i've i've liked some of his promos some of the a lot of them i just feel like he was a lot better with the crowd right don't you think before the pandemic i just felt like that he's sort of one of those guys that feeds off of it yeah and without it it's just it's difficult i mean there's a lot of guys in wrestling right now that kind of feels that way yes i I agree, but I also have just like, I don't think that he was deserving. Let me actually let me phrase that because I don't feel like his title reign, like that 277 day title reign, it, it didn't have the kind of matches. And that's so much of what I think AEW needs to do to set it apart. Uh, I, I think that a lot of that first year. It's really interesting. Everyone wants to compare AEW to WCW. And, you know, I don't, history doesn't repeat itself, but it always rhymes. <laughs> and it was one of my favorite, I didn't come up with that, but it's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, AEW, the WCW comparison, if you want to look at it, is the first year of Nitro, 10 months, whatever you want to call it. It's not especially great. You know, that was, and then the NWO came in and even, and, and they really got it down to a science. And I think that AEW is improving. I think that they have gotten screwed by the pandemic royally. Mm-hmm. And I think it's oh, just yeah. hard. We've talked about this. Completely agree. But I think that now with, you know, Moxley, not be, with Omega being the champion, who this pains me to say, but if Omega isn't the best worker in the world, <laughs> he's one of the top two or three, along with Okada and Daniel Bryan. Uh, but... Omega being the champion and that storyline, you know, that we have had quote unquote invasions where really it's just all people who work under one umbrella. (laughs) This is to my knowledge, the first time that fully operational national promotions in North America have worked together like this. 
you know, I know CZW. Every kid who played with wrestling figures growing up, you know, used to have the, you know, WCW versus WWF battles. And stuff. this is what the, we have an opportunity for that. And it's, it's obviously, again, I just imagine RC like throwing something when he hears that, but <laughs> it is not exactly the same thing, but you actually have like impacts a real company. Like impact is you can watch impact on another channel. It is continuing to operate. Um, you know, yes, New Japan and Ring of Honor have done stuff. Ring of Honor and Combat Zone Wrestling did an interpromotional But theme. not on a major network. The big thing no, is the it, TNT. Right. And this is the first time that you, that in my lifetime, that you've had shows that, like, whatever you want to say about Impact, like, whatever you want to say about the network that they're on, they have a national TV deal. So does, uh, and obviously AEW does. So this is a big deal to me. Um, I, I was disappointed with it. I, I'm with you. Um, I'm honestly not interested in Moxley in the main event anymore. I, the, you know, he's lost the title at a certain point, you know, let's, let's move this along folks. I, I can see that the, uh, for the final thing I want to do, you know, I've discussed the last few weeks, WrestleMania is kind of wide open, uh, and I mean, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but I'll go through mine first and then we can go through yours. And obviously we'll probably have some of the same matches, but, and these are in no particular order. I'm not booking which day, which would go. That's too difficult. I just did 12 matches. Cause I think that's about perfect. You have six matches on each night. Uh, you don't want to make it too long. I think Sasha versus Bianca is a slam dunk. I hope they don't screw that up. I don't think they are, but I'm getting a little nervous. It's weird that neither one of them, have, you know, given indication of what they're going to do. Uh, I like, you know, maybe keeping one of them a mystery. I think, though, you know, especially with Bianca, she doesn't have Edge's history and everything. Like, she just needs to pick who she's going to go with. It should be Sasha. Uh, I think that could be, a you know, a match that we all remember. It'd be two women of color fighting for the women's title. I, 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 and I think it'd be a banger. Uh, and then, again, I'd have Asuka versus EO title for title. Uh, I think that that would be an unbelievable women's match just in general. You'll see in a few minutes why, you know, Charlotte's obviously not involved, Bailey or any of them. Uh, unfortunately for Drew, he would be the one that would get the short change. I mean, if Cena's out there, I think Cena versus McIntyre could be interesting. It sounds like, you know, he's probably not. So I had Drew versus Sheamus. You have the Miz cash in. Uh, I just hope the Miz doesn't lose his briefcase again. So if, you know, especially on Mania. So if that is the case, I don't want him cashing in. Uh, I think Orton versus the Fiend, Firefly Funhouse, or some kind of match is going to happen at Mania. I think that's a definite. Uh, for the Universal title, I would have Reigns versus Edge and then throw in Daniel Bryan. I, I think that uh, that could be an all-time classic. I really do. I think it would be up there. Uh, with really two of the better triple threats, you know, of all time. Obviously, we have the Benoit, Michaels, and Triple H match, and then the Daniel Bryan, Orton, Batista, which I've gone back and watched several times. It's so good. Uh, and I think Edge and, and Bryan wrestling their ass off with Reigns being the, you know, basically the big guy in that match would be fantastic. I would have Riddle versus Lashley for the U.S. title. And again, remember on these, I'm trying to get as many of these stars who really deserve a spot in Mania on TV, especially with being two nights. So for the IC title, I'd do a four-man match. I'd have Big E, Sami Zayn, Apollo Crews, and Jey Uso. 
The tag titles uh, for SmackDown will be Ziggler and Road versus Street Profits. On Raw, it will be Shelton Benjamin, etc. Alexander versus The New Day. The women's title match will be Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan versus Naomi and Lana versus Nia and Shane in a triple threat. And then it's not a money in the bank match. I want to, you know, call it that. Uh, it's basically what it is, but it's not a brief, you know, a contract you get at any time. But I think it would be cool for them to do because I loved when they had the money in the bank match at WrestleMania is you do a ladder match for a, a basically a contract for the wrestler to fight at the next pay-per-view for whichever title that they want. And on the men's side, you could do Keith Lee, uh, Adam Cole, Damian Priest, Ali, Seth Rollins. I actually had Riddle down twice. I'd have to change that. So you can add whoever you want there. But basically, you get six guys, maybe throw in Mysterio or something. And then on the female side, this would get Bailey, Charlotte, uh, Rhea Ripley, you know, Alexa Bliss, people that haven't done it. Peyton Royce and Natalia would be my uh, other, you know, women in it. And you just basically get them in a match that you know is going to be popular, you know is going to be fun. It's doing storytelling because, you know, one of the, the struggles kind of after WrestleMania, if you don't have that rematch, which I hate when they do that coming out of WrestleMania, where the next pay-per-view is basically a ton of rematches. This will give you a fresh face to fight the champion right off the bat. Uh, you can book it that way. But that's basically my card. I'm trying to, as you also noticed, not really use any – part-timers, old-timers, this is mostly new people, and I think most of these matches uh, would at least be entertaining. So I uh, am with you. I think that some of what we're coming up against is that the timing is very weird for this year, is that we have three shows in nine weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, you, uh, January 31st, then on the 21st of... Uh, I'm sorry, it's not... Uh, Yes, it's 21st. Mm -hmm. Next week, we're going to have Elimination Chamber. Then on the 21st of March, I guess that's four weeks, actually. I stand corrected. Uh, we have the Fast Lane, And then three weeks later, we have WrestleMania. It's kind of hard to, you know, you, you don't want to peak too early with the story. I have a feeling that Elimination Chamber will do some settling, but we're really going to get it going after Elimination Chamber. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm with you on Sasha versus Bianca. I think that we're going to get that. That's the women's title match. Uh, my, uh, as I said earlier with the foreshadowing, uh, I think that I had Oscar versus Charlotte versus EO. I think that that, you know, as, as a women's match is. I mean, well, think about how, how good Rhea versus Charlotte versus EO is. And you're adding Oscar in there, you know, for Rhea, that would be, I mean, definitely a banger. Uh, I had uh, Drew versus Edge and with Edge turning heel at the end and then Miz cashing in. Oh. Uh, yeah. Successful. So, so, yes. So Miz, uh, so like Drew beats Edge and then Edge snaps post-match and beats him down and Edge and Miz comes out and cashes in. I was going to say, I thought for a second you were saying Edge was going to win and then Miz would cash in. And after the promo Monday, which was just – incredible where edge you know belittled miz that you know you think that you know how to think and you know plan and you know he is the cerebral guy and and not the miz that would be kind of fitting um i have uh ruby riot uh same same tag triple threat you did uh same tag matches basically um because it's kind of sad I right that wwe doesn't really have much you know, where else to go in those divisions? 
Uh, it is, but I honestly like Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander versus the New Day would be a cra- like just a really entertaining match. No, it, I mean, it, I just it, it, you know, it. I mean, especially with Jay doing what he's doing, and you know, Jimmy still recovering from injury. There's just not a lot of options. Um, I took the I dropped the ladder matches that you did, but I want to throw in a battle royal. You know, like an Andre. I think they had the Andre the Giant battle royal, and then you'd have a. We can't do the May Young battle royal anymore <laughs> uh or a fabulous moolah battle you know uh i wish actually that if they were going to rename it for a wrestler that they would either name it for lita considering how she went out or uh medusa who i think mm-hmm. is the the prior to you know sort of where we are one of the most important female wrestlers uh i had uh i, I different IC match. I had a triple threat of Big E versus Apollo versus Jey Uso. Um, my US title was Riddle versus Lashley versus Keith Lee. Because again, that like this is right. not what I think is likely to happen. I'm just building a match that right. I want to, you know. No, that'd be fun. Uh, this one is going to surprise you. I had the Undertaker versus The Fiend in a Firefly Funhouse match. Ooh. Where it, it allows uh, Taker, Taker to be on match. the card. Yeah. It gives Fiend a big win, and it's a cinematic match, which, again, we saw how well. The one concern I have about that is is the, that, the cinematic match at WrestleMania last year was great. Since then, they, I mean, they've not been. I didn't think that the one with, uh, what's his name, was anything special. Uh, I'd be Braun. worried that they kind of try to copy maybe the Cena one with The Undertaker, which also worries me. So you would want more of like an AJ Styles type cinematic match than the Cena thing or? I would truthfully like some sort of mix. I would love to have some sort of, you know, that less of the meta commentary, but I think that there's a really interesting tightrope that they could walk. Um, My uh, main event of night two is Reigns versus Dana Bryan. And I had initially thought about throwing Rollins in there, but I don't think it makes sense from a storyline standpoint. And I think that, you know, I think about the Daniel Bryan Lesnar match from Survivor Series. I think it was like 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe. Yes, it was 18. Where it was, I, it, if, when people ask me about sort of the moment that like I think like where I would show you if you like prove to me that Daniel Bryan is great is that I would show them that match because you I by the end of it was like maybe he's gonna pull it out maybe he will win and you know yeah RC sitting here like yeah because you're a mark yeah it's true (laughs) very fair um but the idea of having him with Roman and maybe you know that that I think is huge I think that that would just be a great, you know, sort of icing on the cake. Let me ask you one thing. I have read, and again, this is, you know, not like I have sources in the WWE, but I have seen people say, who do have sources in the WWE, that they saw WrestleMania last year as a bust. I disagree. I was curious on your take. I'll tell you why I disagree. I I mean, I completely disagree only because the circumstances. I mean, you have to count in what was going on how you know scared honestly i think everybody was 
at that time. And I, I, I'm pretty sure I said this on the recap we did, just how thankful I was for them putting on something to take our mind off of it for two days, uh, at that, especially at that point. So, uh, and then we got, as we said, two really creative matches uh, in the graveyard and, you know, the Firefly, which will, I think, forever be, you know, noteworthy. And, uh, you know, some other really good matches. I mean, even the, the, a weird match, like a triple threat for the tag titles that was individuals, I thought was a really good match. The KO versus Rollins match was a really good match. Uh, I definitely don't think it was a bust. I mean, is it going to go down as one of the greatest ever? Absolutely not. But when you consider the circumstances, it was really good. And that, that sort of what, that was where I was going to go. I had a hard time being like, oh yeah, it's a bust for that exact reason. I thought that the wrestling in an empty warehouse, it's why I don't watch impact. Honestly. And remember I, this was when there was silence. I know we've kind of given crap for the noise and stuff, but it's much more watchable with at least, you know, background noise. This was mm-hmm. dead silence other than Michael Cole. And I forgot who was calling it with him. I think it was Corey Gray, but, and the sound of the, the, the mat and right. it, it is, it, yeah. I mean, and, and, and the, I look at the, the crowd noise as if the crowd noise is heroin, like the real <laughs> live crowd is heroin, that fake piped in noise is methadone. And I am, I'm not going to be critical, you know, that I don't love the, this is awesome chance, but overall, I think that the, they're doing their best. I thought that, Honestly, I, you know, this is a hot take. I think if they had had the, everything about that WrestleMania had been the same, except it was in Raymond James Stadium. You oh, know, people nights, ate it up. I think it would have been the best WrestleMania since 30. People, I mean, the Charlotte Rhea match was a banger. Uh, I mean, oh yeah. I mean, I think even the McIntyre-Lesnar match yep. uh, would have been white hot. Like I really and, do. And I think that the, the cinematic match the are the you know i i can't tell you the the oh since wrestlemania 30 the only match i i i honestly actually 31 i will go since 31 say 31 was pretty good the the i there is not a wrestlemania where i have a memory of something that is overwhelmingly positive uh, there was, I think it was 33. Um, I, I mean, I might disagree but, a little no, bit no, just because no, no. like WrestleMania 32, I really enjoyed the women's triple threat. I thought that was the best match of the night. Uh, you know, like to me, there's been some memory. I understand what you're saying though. It is the, the stuff that stands out for me is the Roman Triple H match or Roman Undertaker where those were not, I don't put those on Roman Reigns or they were, uh, you know, the, 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 they just, the, the, Be- even the Becky, the triple threat where Becky won, which ultimately was good. What I remember the most is, is the janky finish and that Becky, you know, really didn't get her due and that Rhonda's shoulders, which again, not, neither Becky's fault and Rhonda had a broken hand. I'm not being critical of that. Again, I really enjoyed the Rhonda and Angle match versus. Triple H and stuff. I mean, there's been moments. I, I do understand what you're saying. That like the the big matches have been kind of a letdown to where, and this one, the biggest matches have not. And and the the WWE is obsessed with this idea of quote WrestleMania moments, <laughs> and which 
I've got playing cards that are WrestleMania <laughs> moments. So yeah, they are. They are organic. You have to let like a WrestleMania moment is not something that you can manufacture. I, I, I just don't understand why they try. You can't make me, you, the, the, the fans decide what makes a WrestleMania moment. The, for example, Seth Rollins had two at 31, mm-hmm. like that RKO art match was great. Um, the finish was good. <laughs> I, enjoyed the, I enjoyed the whole match. But I, I'm busting I know you hate Orton. I feel about Orton is like the opposite. It's like my opposite Daniel Bryan. Um, the but you have that Bizarro. Yeah, he, 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 if Martin Lee is Daniel Bryan, the Mister Negative is Randy Orton. The but that you know that RKO and then uh, him coming out and winning the title, I thought you know such an iconic moment. I mean, even him swinging the belt around his head at the top mm-hmm. of the, you know, entrance or the, you know, the ramp at the end is very memorable. Kind of like Brian, you know, yelling yes the year yes. before with 90,000 people or whatever it was cheering with him. Yeah. And it it is the, yeah, I mean, there are things that, and they wanted, I think that was what they wanted with Roman at the next two where he wrestled Taker and Triple H, but you can't manufacture that. Nope. I think that you can like they could have one where he's sort of standing over a fallen Daniel Bryan mockingly doing the yes yeah but I I honestly can't think of one I think that the one from last year by the way where you know Taker like immediately if you ask me about what do I remember about that Wrestlemania it's Taker on the bike raising the fist and riding off into the sunset and it is the bug nuts David Lynch (laughs) weirdness of the Firefly Funhouse and it's McIntyre holding up the title. Yep. Those are, and, and I, I, you just can't manufacture them. Um, I think the WWE tries a little too hard on that. And I get why they do it, but you, you know, you can't, I think that when you try to manufacture them, you end up with Hogan beating Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9. So I'm 100% on board with the Brian Rain saying, the only caveat I want to say is if I, if, if I know Daniel Bryan is going to be around for another year or two. I would much rather have that match over any of these matches in front of a crowd, because I just think that it would be electric to have the most popular guy in wrestling over the last decade versus a guy doing some of the best heel work uh, in the last decade. And I, I just, I do, I think it would be absolutely electric in front of a crowd here. And this is going to be, a bit of a hot take. I think that the crowd this year, and I love Daniel Bryan, but I think that there are bigger matches for Roman than Daniel Bryan. Uh, I think that if they were to do, I think either Rock or Cena in front of a crowd, uh, you know, Dallas next year, if they wanted to have Big E take the title from him, I think that, for the first match in front of a crowd, having Daniel Bryan there, that, you know, to me, unfortunately, and I just say that devil's advocate. Like, you don't think if Reigns went on where, you know, he's had the championship now for almost six months, right? Mm-hmm. If he holds the belt all the way to next WrestleMania beats everybody in between Daniel Bryan finally wins a Royal rumble, does the unthinkable and challenges Roman Reigns when whoever is a champion, the other one, and everybody's like, you're not going to beat him. He's been champion for a year and a half and then does it, uh, that that just wouldn't be, I mean, it would be a moment. You would talk about a moment. That would be it. 
And I mean, he's at his best as an underdog. It would, but it violates two. (laughs) Sorry, I feel like Fonzie trying to say he was wrong. It violates two central tenets to me, though, which is by that point, I don't if if Daniel Bryan's contract ends shortly after SummerSlam, if he sticks with the WWE, he's not going to be a full time guy. So I think that what you're doing is then handing a part time of the title and then beating Roman at WrestleMania. If he holds the title from now until then is something that you give to an up and comer. It is the, you know, it's not at the level of the streak, obviously, but it is something that you use. You know, we've talked about Big E is that if if Big E can get that kind of momentum and get the crowd behind him, like Kofi did, you have the same way that they've done with Drew, you have set yourself up to have a bulletproof main eventer for the next five years. The only thing to remember though, is part-timer is going to become an interesting word because if they don't end up doing house shows, uh, which I do think that there's a chance that at best, it's going to be a smaller scale, uh, less dates traveling, um, you know, it's going to, I think that's going to be more enticing the guys and actually help them along the way, because it's going to become more common that it's not a big deal if a guy doesn't, you know, to be on the road, what, 40, 50 weeks of the year. I think that, and, and we've talked about this, the house show model doesn't make sense anymore. I think that not just from a financial perspective, but the, what we know about brain injuries and yep. you know, bump cards for guys. Like, why would you waste somebody who, you know- you, It's you the know. NFL preseason theory, right? That it's like, this is already such a dangerous sport. Why are we gonna put, you know, the stars in a position where, you know, they can get injured in a game that's truly meaningless? The only thing that I think makes sense is if you're gonna go to Europe or if, and, and so, and, if they're going to go to Europe and if they're going to, I hope that they're not going to do those Saudi shows. Oh, they're going to. I know that, but my hope is that there is something. And I was doing the money sign for those. Yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, it, it, it is that there is so much money. Uh, and you know, Vince man's such a fucking evil human being. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it, it is the only way that I can see them not doing it is if there's some sort of, uh, you know, Biden politics thing where Biden's right. like, no, we're not. You know, yeah. I just can't see, but yeah, the, the house show model, I, I don't, you know, if you want to do it in NXT in Florida, but I think that other than Europe, it just doesn't make sense. As for the part-timer thing, you still would have to travel, you know, the, the 50, you know, weeks a year to TV 52 weeks a year to TV. I, I think that it will be interesting. I think that having Daniel, but yeah, I mean, that, that was my argument is that, yes, it would be an absolute moment and it would be something that I would mark out for and lose my fucking mind for because I'm a hypocrite. Uh, but I, as much as I would mark out for it and enjoy it, I would still on an intellectual level have to say, no, this was a bad decision. Uh, it would have been better served giving this moment to you know, whoever. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that we are in for actually, uh, I think that we have gotten kind of got a little lucky was that last year, 
the, was we're in a transition period where they're going to have to start moving away from the part-timers. And I think last year was a, a, a forcing them to do that. Right. And I think this year is forcing them to do that. And I think that's a good thing is the, you know, having. Well, we're still uh, 10 weeks away. So I don't want to say that yet. We'll see what the card actually ends up with, but I, I do see what you're saying, but I, I would also not be surprised if we hear that there's, you know, a Cena match, a Taker match, a, you know, a Goldberg match come out of nowhere. It, the funny thing would be is that like after me saying this, if we end up with uh, like Cena McIntyre and Reigns Rock. Yeah. And, uh, yes. <laughs> and Edge takes on Finn Balor, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or Edge wins the, yeah, it, it is. Uh, that would be, you know, hilarious to end up with. I just don't, again, I think that with a limited group of fans, like they're going to have. It's hard no, for me to imagine. I agree. Yeah, you're going to spend your, you know, your one shot deal, especially because they have to pay those guys a lot. They're going to do it when they can really maximize their profits. Well, uh, Sam, we got through this episode. Is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Other than uh, just we missed Ron L? Uh, I'm going to plug harvestcreditors.com, Ron L's credit service. There we uh, go. If you're looking to boost your credit, check out Ron L's. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, you want us to offer some discount that he's not offering, uh, you know, for like more percentage or something, piss him off? No, I'm, I'm not going to know. I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> the good brother over like that. I'm kidding. Uh, I also uh, want to plug uh, fanbytebyte.com. If you're interested in learning more about New Japan, uh, Emily Pratt, who used to write for with Spandex, is a great wrestling writer. Uh, I that's how I keep up with New Japan is that I follow Emily on Twitter and I follow her on Fanbyte. I'd also like to plug uh, the IBN group. Uh, I think that the All Star for five dollars is hundred percent worth it. You're going to make it back easily in gambling picks from you and Alan. Uh, the podcast content that's what this you know we don't get paid for it, but it does you know help keep the lights on in terms of motivating RC to send us. Um, it allows you posting privileges and I, it's, it's a cup of coffee, but it does go a long way towards, you know, if enough people do it, support the brand Trap house, That's which right. is, you know, makes a hundred thousand, you know, I think each member makes $12,000 a month for that shit box. So you can trust me, like do something that actually doesn't suck and support IBM. Amen there. Uh, we really did miss Ron L today. Uh, I have, I think said on the podcast, but I really do appreciate him taking over the hosting uh, duties a, because he has such a wonderful voice uh, and B it just, there's a lot of prep work that goes into that. And uh, especially during, uh, you know, these last couple of months with football season and, and doing other podcasts. And we've just made the decision that quite frankly, he's better than me at it. So uh, he will be back next week. Uh, you know, hosting it and me and Sam will be back as well. But I do want you to please be sure to follow the IB Sports Podcast Network. It's on Spotify, Anchor, uh, iTunes. The, uh, just in this last week, uh, me and uh, RC did a WandaVision where we actually was episode five, right before episode six. We, we took some lines from episode five, discussed some theories and stuff of what it could mean. Uh, episode six was really interesting it's just it's amazing to me how you know disney's taken over the world with like mandalorian taking over tv you know a few months ago now it's wandavision but be sure to check that out uh the backdoor cover will be back next week we got the nba podcast there's so much content on the ib 
uh, podcast network. So again, we appreciate it if you'd support that. And uh, for Keith Fleming and, or excuse me, Chief Keith Fleming, I forgot I earned that name, and Sam, the shooter Howl, uh, without our man Ron L. Tinsley, but he will be back, the ravishing one. Uh, this has been an edition of the Team Turnbuckle podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network, and we will see you guys soon.